0: Hello from Corona Quarantine. Welcome to episode four of the Will You Be My Friend podcast. Pretty soon I'm going to run out of fingers and I'm not going to be able to keep up with that bit. Um, But today is special because it's a double feature. So I have my friend Brian McAllister on. And he actually came here to film a live podcast back on December 9th. So I've been sitting on this podcast for four months, which is embarrassing. But we just did a Zoom podcast last night where we're talking about, you know, current things of the current age. Um, But here's us back on December 9th. We talk about uh, both of our experiences studying jazz in college. And we talk about the Enneagram. We talk about whiskey. And it's a really, really fun conversation and uh, yeah, hope you enjoy it. A blast from the past. Here's Brian McAllister. Uh, what what uh, what whiskey do you have here? It's just a uh, bullet. Bullet, cool. Yeah, bullet nice. is my like. Uh, How do you drink it? It's my go-to. Yeah. Um, I like to drink it neat. Yeah. Because it makes me like feel like a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. But it's objectively better with a little bit of water in it. Yeah. Unfortunately. I hate to admit that. Have you had bullet on like one ice cube? No.
1: The bullet, in my opinion, is best cold. Mm. Of of that whiskey. Just just my thought. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've tried mixing it like with the seltzer water stuff. Mm Um I put in milk once. Try it cool <laughs> it's pretty good
2: mm-hmm.
0: are you awesome. like a uh like a whiskey aficionado
1: i'm into whiskey yeah like to the point that i would like to do some home distilling at some point
0: oh wow yeah how like, long does that stuff take
1: uh well the the time that you put it in the barrels is long it's mm. a long project years you know but yeah. the distilling doesn't take that long mm. but The equipment is thousands of dollars that I don't have.
0: You can't just like make it in your bathtub. No,
1: not, (laughs) you know, not right. So you'd need like a pot still and some other stuff. I know nothing about this. It's like a, it's a whole process. You you basically need to like make beer at home and Hmm. then distill it. Oh, So it's like, you need a bunch of stuff, like probably five to 10 grand to get in the door.
0: Really? Yeah. Just to make like some home batches. Yes,
1: but then when you make it, you can make as much as you want, and like mm-hmm. you know, like once you have the equipment, like you can you can make tons of whiskey.
0: Do you think uh, that you spend five to ten grand on whiskey over like three years? No, I probably spend a thousand dollars a year on whiskey. Okay, so it'll it'll pay for itself in ten years. Yeah, potentially awesome
1: but i don't have the capital up front so, uh, you know what i mean
0: you gotta raise some capital man i do yeah. i gotta <laughs> I
1: gotta find a get rich quick scheme and get yeah, rich quick
0: yeah like old family friends something yeah i gotta kill off some relatives <laughs> get that insurance money uh, yeah you know that's sick yeah dude the last time i saw you mm-hmm. was at the blue whale yes and you were playing your sick album release show thank you so much for coming that it was, was awesome. a good show thank you so much yeah that was super fun hell that yeah was like yeah that was
1: awesome yeah i've played there since actually Have you? which i played there that night and i was like that's the one time i'll ever play there in my life i've always wanted to play there and i got to play there and it was cool and Come on and stuff and then i moved to long beach in june mm. and i played a gig there in july mm-hmm. if, with a big band and hell yeah it was cool it was super fun but it was like well i'm back like yeah four months later it was awesome
0: dude i see you uh, playing i see you playing at the blue I, I like in my mind uh-huh. i see you playing at the blue whale forever. i would like to
1: i would like to it's such a nice room it's my it's my mm. favorite music venue i've ever been to yeah. or played in yeah more been to i like i appreciated it when i was playing there but like you're focused on the show mm-hmm. um as an audience member, I, I'm, i like, totally brought into every performance there, you know?
0: It feels like sacred
1: ground. Yeah. The roomy poetry on the wall and stuff yeah. like
0: down that the ceiling.
1: That stuff's awesome. I'm all yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And then the fact that it's in this shopping center and stuff, it's just, like, it's perfect in every way. Like, the whole yes. process of, like, parking and walking into that space mm-hmm. and the crappy elevator. And yeah. it's just, like, it's exactly what I want out of a venue. Yeah,
0: cool. You ever do the loading only parking spots?
1: Loading only. Where are those?
0: Okay, so you got to know about. So loading only is like there's a yellow sign or there's a yellow curb, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And so during commercial hours, like only trucks only. can, yeah, yeah, can park there for like gotcha. five to ten minutes or fifteen minutes or uh-huh. something while they're loading. But in the in like Los Angeles proper, it's weekdays after six. And then all day Sunday. And those become Just like free spots. But that might not be Long Beach. And it's definitely not Pasadena. So you have to like, you have to check. But downtown, like for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. So I used to, I used to help out running the door at the Blue Whale sometimes Mm -hmm. when like June couldn't do it or like when whoever couldn't do it. So I'd get there at six and like snag loading only spot awesome and then like walk to i think it's called cafe dulce Uh have you been there i think because you're a coffee guy
1: street or something right
0: yeah it's in the little village like there's that okay yeah 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 and they have like the wild like japanese pastries
1: yes i don't think i've had those but i i think i've been by there i don't know if i've even been in I I think they do
0: They do like a lot of They brew Ritual I think is like One of their mains I'm trying to remember Some of the other ones That they would brew But like My First Like Third wave coffee Like experience Uh Was at This spot House Roots Uh In Northridge Yeah And all of those guys Were trained At Cafe Dulce Cool So they would like They turned me on to it Yeah And it's like a that's awesome. It's a quality coffee spot. Yeah, that's great. So anyway, I'd go there, grab a coffee, do some stuff on my computer or whatever, and then head back at like, whenever I had to be there, like eight or something and yeah. like clean the bathrooms and run that's the door. That's
1: awesome. It was
0: great. That's cool. That's yeah. like the dream gig. It was incredible. Yeah. And I totally, I think I've royally fucked it up. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I, uh, like the bartenders would have people come hang all the time Mm. and they'd let me know they'd be like hey like a couple of my friends are like coming to hang like just let them in yeah so i kind of like got the impression of like oh like people can just hang like yeah like this is cool like we're all just hanging if you're if you're on the inn yes you know somebody you can just hang Uh so there was this one day where adam hirsch was coming in and I let Adam Hirsch and, like, two or three other people in for free without paying. Uh-huh. And uh, the manager at the time, or the manager that night, he, like, chewed me out. Like, rightfully so. And he was like, are you fucking stupid? Like, it's like, it's like, do you understand? Like, he, like, drilled into me, like, two or three times. And then they never called me back to, like, run the door again. Dang. And so it's like, Adam's fault. <laughs> no it's 100 I know. I know. it's 100 my fault yeah. but i don't know it's like i look back on it and i'm like fuck man like i was being really stupid but at the time like i just i i didn't think i was getting away with anything i thought it was like well when you're younger vibe.
1: You're, you're trying to pick up on social cues yeah from birth to well always but yeah. especially when you're younger right and you know it sounds to me like you're trying to read this the system yeah and and go along with it and that's the that's what happens when you're young and you have a job yeah is you do something stupid or you don't and you get lucky and you figure yeah. it out but yeah 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 that's, yeah. that's crazy so what a, what a story i've learned <laughs> what but a job and what a, a story what a yeah. way to go out
0: <laughs> me and june are still cool though cool. like um i've yeah. seen him a couple times i've never talked to him about that specifically yeah but um Like he's, we're, we're, we're cool. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, the blue whale still feels like it's sacred ground. Yeah. A hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's like the one place I want to go always. You know I mean? It's like, yeah. I don't know. There are rooms that I could picture certain groups in and things like that. And I've Mm. appreciated certain, certain groups in, but the, the whale is like, I would hear anybody there Mm. any night you know what i mean even bands Mm -hmm. that i am not necessarily fond of i'm like Mm -hmm. i'd go
0: just to hang you know totally and like it's it's one spot that i just feel so comfortable like supporting financially like totally that's the other part i feel so good about spending my money there yeah yeah absolutely that's awesome yeah dude so you're back from reno yes you're in long beach yes tell me about the long beach like why long beach uh
1: we thought we were going to move closer to la proper Mm -hmm. and kind of at the last minute it was my 30th birthday and my wife had a phone interview with a district manager who serves los angeles area greater Mm -hmm. los angeles area for her job which is uh in management for tj maxx yeah and uh And we were kind of, the move down here was situated around the idea that if we transfer her job, Mm -hmm. that's enough to pay the rent and I can figure out where I'm going to work or whatever. I'm leaving my job. She's transferring hers. And it was my 30th birthday, which is always like the week before finals in the spring, Mm -hmm. May 3rd. And uh, it's a Friday and we're at lunch and she's going to step outside and do this phone interview. It was supposed mm-hmm. to be like a 10 minute conversation. It mm-hmm. wasn't like a full on interview. Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes out and, and takes this phone call and she comes back inside and she goes, yeah, it went really well. Uh, we kind of just hit it off right away. Um, I, th- I think they were going to plan it. E- they were planning on having a, like a full on formal interview later, mm-hmm. uh, but kind of skipped it. Um, because mm-hmm. the, the DM seemed to like her and everything. And, and, uh, And she goes, how do you feel about moving to Long Beach?
2: Mm.
1: And I'm turning 30 this day, and I'm, like, I'm someone who very much reflects on the passage of time in a certain way. And, like, every New Year's, like, I think about
0: Mm.
1: stuff like that. And every birthday, I'm thinking about, you know, life and and time and things like that. And so here I am on this day, like, really thinking about I'm never going to be in my 20s again. And not in, like, Mm. such a negative way, but I'm just, like, really reflecting on this, like, moment in my life. Yeah. And she goes, How do you feel about going to Long Beach? And I'm like, I did not think I was gonna to go to Long Beach. Mm. And uh I said, Yeah, like I'm up for whatever. Let's get to Southern California. Totally. And uh my sister had lived in Long Beach for seven years at this point. Mm. Gone to undergrad and grad school at the Bob Cole. Violin yeah. player? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh and this is early May and she goes, yeah, so I'm going to start there on June 2nd, June 1st, mm-hmm. something like that. And I'm like, I have four weeks to find an apartment in Long Beach and figure all this out and I'm finishing my semester yeah. and I'm giving finals and things like that. So I can't At this start time right
0: you're, away. you're teaching at University, at University of, of Reno. Of, yeah, Nevada, cool.
1: Reno. And, uh so I finish out the semester. We're still working out details at this point, but it's looking like Long Beach, I think, is mm-hmm. the situation. About a week later, we kind of finalize it. Mm-hmm. And then I start driving to Long Beach from Reno, mm-hmm. looking for a place and trying to secure different things and yeah. and get things going. Because she's working full-time mm. in Reno still. And uh, and my sister's down here, luckily, so, so we kind of connect and... and talk about stuff and she kind of shows me where is a good area to live and where it's not a good area to live, things like that. And long beach is uh, kind is of hit and miss. Yeah. Yeah. But we, because of my sister kind of having the the knowledge of the area, we wound up in a great spot that we like cool. a lot and, and stuff like that. And it's a half mile from the beach and Perfect. there's like people walking their dogs everywhere. It's really yeah. nice. And, and, uh, but I'm, I'm going down to find these places and I'm like driving down. I drove down on a Monday I decided to drive down that day at, like, 11 a.m., and I was, like, in the car at noon, and I was in Long Beach at, like, 9 p.m.
0: Wait, from Reno? From Reno. Yeah. I was just,
1: like, I was sitting. I had a day off. It was, like, 11 a.m., and I'm, like, I I can't stop thinking about this, and mm. we, we got to find a place, and we got to make sure this stuff totally. happens, and now's kind of, like, the time that I need to do this, so yeah. I'm just going to get in the car Whoa. and go, and I'll book a hotel when I stop for gas, that sure. kind of thing. Yeah. And I just, like... But then, I like, the next day, I'm driving back, and then, like, four days later, I'm driving back to Long Beach, wow. and I wound up driving, like, six times back and forth um, to move us also, like, to move our stuff also. Damn, that's but, uh, but all in all, and so it was, like, this long month of of move and of finding, yeah. finding uh, a place to live and all this, um, but it kind of came out of nowhere. Hmm. I mean, we were really thinking of, like, let's move to Koreatown. Let's move to... Yeah totally LA proper. And like, let's find a spot or let's move to Eagle rock or something. New. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden we're in long beach and I'm still getting used to that part in the sense that, um, I'm not in it, you know, in the same mm. way. And, uh, our parking situation is kind of bad this year, but mm. we're going to find a place with better parking, I think for next year, but, but uh, it's still in long beach. Sounds like we're going to stay in long beach. The plan cool. as of right now is she's going to, she's due for a promotion pretty soon. And, oh, wow! Uh, and that'll be her own store. And Whoa. it sounds like her manager is going to be transferred to another store closer to her home. Okay. And Lauren will probably take over that Long Beach. So nothing's finalized, hmm. but uh, that's kind of our understanding of the game plan. Cool. So we'll stay in Long Beach for a little while longer. Mm-hmm. I get that nice 710 drive to come see you. Um, I, I went the entirety of <laughs> the 710 from Long Beach <laughs> to where it ended in South Pass. and That's so wild. It was cool. It was cool to do that. I've never done that before. Nice so old drive. Cool. Yeah. Nice. So. It's good. But uh, yeah, it's not where I thought I'd be, but it's Mm -hmm. cool. I don't know that area at all. I know the Valley Mm -hmm. and I know Pasadena and I know, Mm -hmm. you know, other areas like that. But, Mm -hmm. but uh, my whole view of LA had been from like the North looking down. Totally. And now I'm, you know, way South. Uh, Yeah. I went to Disneyland. I was like, oh, I have to go North. (laughs) I never, yeah, of course I knew that. But like, you know, you get in the car and you're like,
0: oh yeah. It's you know, different. It's different, yeah. Geography's sure. kind of wild. It is. And Long Beach is like It's I don't understand Long Beach yet. I have um I Where had a I? girlfriend who lived in Long Beach for yeah. a couple of years. So I spent uh not a ton of time there, but like a considerable amount of time like going down yeah. and hanging out and stuff. And it's like uh Yeah, man. I mean, what like Do yeah. you like it? Yeah, it's cool.
1: Cool. It's cool. It's not I don't feel like I'm in it in LA like uh-huh. in the same way but it's uh, maybe that's a good thing it's it's relaxed yeah. in a certain way and stuff yeah. like that um, yeah it's it's. I have an appreciation for it for sure
0: there's like good food in Long Beach right?
1: there's we've, we found some spots yeah there's cool. a whiskey bar I really like hell yeah. whiskey. and then yeah. uh, we found some good restaurants and things like that all of my list of restaurants that I'm trying to hit that was is a never ending list because I always add to it mm-hmm. um most of them are outside of Long Beach, but mm-hmm. there's a few good spots in town and stuff like that. Mm. And then we uh, are always trying to find new places. Yeah, man. So it's cool. And then I work in Cerritos, so mm. just which is like 20 minutes away.
0: And Cerritos Auto Square.
1: I mean, for real, right? Like, <laughs> that's all uh, I know. Like of Cerritos. I, I'm walking distance from that, like, <laughs> in my job, yeah, just across the 605. But that's so funny. Uh, yeah. So, and here we are. You realize we're having the Southern California conversation. I've mentioned the seven hundred and ten. <laughs> yeah, man. Take the twenty-two to the six hundred and five. Yeah, you know, get off at Coanga.
0: Yeah, yeah. This could be an SNL skit. So exactly, I'm gonna have to come by and uh, grab a hat for me, man. Come, come shop at my store, and Hell yeah. we'll sell you embroidery. <laughs> so. Is that like one of the selling points? here
1: the big selling point?
0: How much? Like how. What's the most that I could spend on a hat?
1: Uh, we have a hat that's on display that has been there for years. That The current management is all pretty new to the store. Yeah. Uh, we wouldn't have done this. We don't agree <laughs> with this. But someone made a display hat that has like, with all the embroidery upcharges, it's like a $200 hat. It will never sell. Oh, my God. It will never sell. The most I've sold a hat for. I sold a hat yesterday for like $82. That's all, That's still. It's a $45 hat. With tax, all right. And then but I these sold are these embroidery are nice on top of
0: it. So that's what it was. These are like snapbacks, right? And fitteds and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but cool.
1: like the fitteds are forty five ninety seven with tax. Whoa! And then on top of it, you get an embroidery, and yeah. that starts at eleven ninety nine. Yeah, and then it goes up from there. So it's like, yeah. So there's a bunch of upsells and stuff like that. It's yeah. not worth anyone's time to listen to me talk about. <laughs> Had are you are you
0: back there doing the embroidery? Yeah. Oh yeah. I run the oh, machine. Whoa. Oh yeah, definitely. That's yeah, wild. Yeah.
1: So I was—I uh I did a hat yesterday for someone that uh, we put like a player's autograph because we have players autographs, and mm-hmm. her boyfriend is a big Yankees fan. Mm. We put a this, their star player's autograph on the side of the hat, mm-hmm. and then I told her, "Hey, the number would look really good if you did it in metallic gold thread, which is an extra four dollars."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we upsold that, and then she was like, "I want to put something else on the hat, but." I don't think he's going to want to wear the hat if I put like, I love you, babe on it. Sure. But it's for his, it's for his birthday or something like that. Um, and I said, I could put it on the inside of the hat Whoa! and you can do that. Like the inside kind of area. Oh, here. like that. Yeah. I'll pull it out and, and stitch there. That's and, cute. Uh, so we did that for her, but not a lot of people know how to do that. So, uh, Damn. so I had to pick my moment and then hope that it would come out well. Cause mm-hmm. it's, it's a trickier thing to do, but, uh, you're like a virtuoso. I not at all, but <laughs> I I've done the manager thing for six months there, yeah. uh, six months in total with lids, and yeah, you learn stuff every day with it. It's it, I try and look at the positives. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's there's certainly worse jobs. It's probably my favorite like retail job I've ever had, uh-huh. and uh,
0: yeah, it's cool. Yeah, anytime working with the general public, it can. Wild. Well,
1: and it's, it's not just the general public. It's like people specifically who spend their time going to malls Ah, and they do. <laughs> and I have people that come in five days a week that are no. not employed in the mall. They just hang out at the mall
0: and then they go see what's new at live. I guess. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder, wonder how Brian's doing. It's weird.
1: They're all a hundred percent of them are weird people.
0: Oh man, so, that's rough. I mean, it is what it is. I feel like Long yeah. Beach too has its fair share of definitely creative types. Creative types is to, uh, what to, we're calling to, to put
1: it lightly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh yeah, it does. I mean, I, I, you know, who am I to judge? I'm a weirdo too. But hell yeah. But yeah, you see some stuff in the mall no. for sure. I, I had to break up, like, almost a fist fight yesterday. Oh, wow. Uh, yesterday, two days in ago. In the store? Or in like the store. Near? That was a first. Oh, that man. was a first for me. But I was like, really, guys? Like, you're going to fight each other? The guy had two kids with him. Whoa.
0: I was like, come on, you know. That's so, wild. Yeah. Does Snoop Dogg ever come yeah. in? Snoop Dogg does not hats? ever come in. Oh, that's we so
1: had, uh, We've had some people come in, some, like, rappers that people know about, I okay, guess. cool. And then we had some, like, I think he's, like, a singer who sings, like, Mexican music. Mm-hmm. Like Mexican pop music, specifically. Yeah. And he was, like... He had, like, $800 Versace shoes on and stuff Whoa. like that. And people were running into our store and, like, begging him for a picture. And he was taking pictures with them. And then he bought, like, two or three hats or something like that. Oh, and, damn. And we had a, a brand-new associate mm-hmm. who uh, we had just trained him on, like, the things we ask for are your email address. Mm-hmm. And then, do you want to get embroidery on your hat? Mm. Right? So, yeah. there's two... Two things to aim for. Totally. And this kid goes, uh, uh, "Do you want to sign up for our email program? Uh, we can save you <laughs> some money." <laughs> Whatever. And I was like, "I don't think that's your crowd, man." <laughs> it was. It was awesome. That's it was really funny. funny to watch, and the guy was just like, "You see, I'm famous, right? Basically." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. It was good. It was entertaining. That's but, wild. Yeah. It's. It's. Uh, it is what it is. I did mm-hmm. a little bit of that. Over the summer, last summer, when I was working in Reno, um, you the were at a Lids in Reno, and so I worked in the lids in Reno, wow. and that's how I got rehired at lids essentially in September. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but uh, did a did an ASM gig up there at a lids for the summer, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a whole different crowd of mall people because mm. they're different in Nevada totally, <laughs> but also mall people.
0: Yeah. So. You showed me a side of Reno I didn't know existed. I had been, I had been to Reno, I think like three times before I went up to hang out with you. Mm-hmm. And my impression of Reno was that it was everything that was horrible about las vegas and nothing that was good about las vegas like it was like this distilled Mm -hmm. depressing deserty which is how it was but then like you showed me there's there's like a neighborhood in reno where like regular people are like happy and pleasant there are regular people that out. live in reno it's, it's weird. wild isn't it yeah blew my mind
1: so maybe they're not regular because they've chosen to live in reno but mm. um no there's there's a lot of great things in reno but mm-hmm. uh they're pretty new most of them mm-hmm. there are good people that have lived there always i mean yeah that's that's the the same in every city but mm-hmm. um but yeah the scene there's the scene not even referring to music just mm-hmm. in general is yeah. uh Definitely on the up and up. It's, it's, mm. uh, you know, definitely a good scene of good people and mm. things are expanding and growing. There's, there's food there that is better. I've had better food in Reno than I think I've had in Long Beach so far. Oh, wow. Well, oh, like, I'm thinking of like one or two restaurants in Reno that are mm-hmm. better than any restaurant I've been to in Long Beach, but yeah. not by much, but like, and there's mm-hmm. probably better restaurants in Long Beach somewhere, mm-hmm. but, um, there's good food. There's good art. There's yeah, good stuff. Yeah. There's a weird week in August every year where mm-hmm. people go and stop in Reno for about a week on their way to Burning Man. Oh wow! And that's horrible. Oh, uh, you don't. <laughs> they it? trash the city and they um, steal things from stores and they're like the oh, worst wow. people from Burning Man go and wow destroy Reno and then that's strange. Yeah, it's like you dread it. It's every like year. an
0: organized. They will like,
1: park their RVs in like a, a Target or a Walmart parking lot and camp out for like a week. Man. And like steal bicycles and things Ugh. like that. And then and then they go and take them to Burning Man. They ride around all week and then they leave mm-hmm. them on the playa too. Mm-hmm. Which I've never been to Burning Man, but I've heard mm-hmm. about this. You read articles about these, this horrible problem of bicycles being left out in the desert. They'll just leave them and then they'll leave trash and stuff like that. And then the people cool. go out and clean up and stuff like that. Other mm-hmm. people. But uh, it's a bummer, but bad people go to every event
0: yes know. that's true it, it is what it is but where there are people yeah there will be a handful totally a couple of rotten apples definitely definitely but so, uh
1: that's the weird reno thing that yeah. we don't have here <laughs>
0: <laughs> no like week long of burning it's, man it's, people it's, tearing it's a very long unique to reno it's a very unique week yeah that's fun end man. of august do you miss reno no. at
1: all yeah i miss the people hmm And, uh, not the weather at all, but the people and, um, yeah.
0: I'm going to double check what, there's something, there's something wild going on.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Oh, dude.
0: Sounds like someone's trying to FaceTime. Also, on, on this podcast. Yeah. We, uh, we take P grades. Cool. Just so you, just, just so you know. If you, gotcha. If you need to at any point. That was strange. I, I
1: shouldn't just wet, wet my pants. pants? No. Okay.
0: Refrain refrain from wetting your pants.
1: Gotcha. I think someone was trying to FaceTime
0: me and then it came up on my computer. Oh, weird. Yeah, kind of
1: strange. <laughs> you connect all your devices?
0: If they, like, connect themselves, you know? It's yeah. Apple's shit. So I don't it's do, like, the iMessages
1: like... and stuff, though. I don't, like... You don't have that on your computer? I heard like multiple things and I, I don't do that. Yeah. I disconnect all that stuff. So I can, Really? Like, yeah.
0: But it's so cool. Like you're just I, like working on something that's right like,
1: there. Y- you're describing something that makes total sense to me. And okay. like in a, in a bubble, like I would totally do that. Sure. And then in practicality, like the things I use my computer for mm. are so disconnected from my phone that like if I'm at my computer working on music or something like that mm-hmm. i don't have my phone on me sure and i won't need the computer for that or totally vice versa. you know what i mean so i i just i tried it and mm-hmm. i just i was getting multiple dings and then i would send a message on my phone and like wouldn't see it on the computer or vice versa that's annoying so i just disconnected it all
0: yeah that hasn't happened to me in the past two years but yeah. like three years ago yeah. it wasn't as gotcha. good i should retry that up. stuff because they're they're always coming out
1: with new stuff, but
0: it works better now. I'm not going yeah. to say it works perfectly,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. but it works better. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good with. Uh, I'll, I'm very good with like keeping my emails checked and mm-hmm. responding to people when I need to if I have a normal amount of emails. Mm-hmm. But the times in my life where I've been inundated with hundreds of emails, mm-hmm. from, well, unique emails from people, yeah, uh, it's been a challenge for me to keep up with all that. Oh, yeah. Stuff like that. And I, I knew a guy who had all these devices connected and stuff, and he was getting hundreds of emails every day mm. based on his job. Mm-hmm. And he was the chair of the music department at University of Nevada for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, I felt like he was miserable. And mm-hmm. then on top of it, he was getting dings and different things like that mm-hmm. 24 hours a day from three different sources. And Whoa. You know, it's just... If your laptop's dinging and your desktop computer's dinging and your mm-hmm. phone's dinging, mm-hmm.
0: you know, and that never ends. Yeah. It's like, it seems like a lot. Did you ever watch Parks and Rec? Yes. Or it might have actually been, no, I think it was The Office where, um, uh, I forget his name. It's not Ben, but the uh, Ryan. Yes. He comes Ryan. up with Woof.
1: Yes. Ryan <laughs> Howard. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> and like everything in the facts. Yes. Woof. Yeah, that's so funny. So funny. But it's, it was Kelly's but idea. It's spot on because it, it
1: <laughs> points to all the same stuff that we yeah. do and it, that's why that show was so impactful. It was it was like it was right about a lot of things BS that we do
0: totally know, as people. You know. I think I've seen The Office in its entirety maybe three times. I'm about the same. And yeah. the last time I watched it in its entirety, I think it was it was Post, I think it was before it was after season, but it might have been before season. Uh-huh. I was I was unemployed, and I was just binge watching all of The Office, yeah. and then I realized that yeah. the reason that I was watching the show is it made it made me feel like I was at work. Yes, with like my the- with my coworkers. Yes, in a community. Yes, yeah. it <laughs> yeah. made me feel like not alone, which is awesome. Yeah. I art that
1: makes you feel any sort of stuff like that. I think is
0: yeah is the best stuff. Yeah, those characters are so relatable. And yeah. the first, like when when I was watching The Office when it was airing, mm-hmm. I stopped watching that episode where like Pam was maybe having an affair with the sound guy. Yes, because I was like I couldn't handle. Yes, I the, couldn't that, handle anything going on. About-
1: the office yeah yeah but they can affect you like that
0: yeah i think it's really cool it was years later until i finally watched like yeah all of the episodes yeah that's
1: that's for me that's all i ever want is like Mm. and i don't mean this on like a really base level of like i'm just trying for like shocks or yeah or anything else but but the the ultimate compliment I could ever get about anything I ever do is like, it made me cry or it made me feel this or it made Mm. me think of this or something like Mm. that. It's anything attached to human emotion Mm. because I think that's where it's at Mm. with with artists is can you actually not be in the room with the person and affect them Mm. or be in the room with them, but not be speaking to them, not be, Mm -hmm. and, and affect them viscerally. Mm. In some way. Yeah. You know, whether it's a horror movie or whether it's a comedy or Mm -hmm. whether it's a song Mm -hmm. or anything else, like the, the stuff that gets me excited about art in any capacity is Mm -hmm. the stuff where I'm moved. Yeah. Yeah. And the office had those moments from a, from a, uh, uh, satire, you know, stance mm-hmm. and from a from a dramatic stance and in, in various places in the show, mm. you know, there are moments of, of drama and comedy and different things like that that are moving. Mm-hmm. And it's, well, that's cool. I don't know. I think that's a great show. I think it's one of the best shows of all time. Oh, hands and down. And I don't, th- I, I'm Absolutely. not saying anything, I'm not saying anything debatable, right? Yeah, or I'm not saying totally. anything like, uh, you know, super unique. A lot of people feel this way, but, yeah. but I'm kind of in awe of it because it's, it's that, impactful mm-hmm. to so many people yeah it's crazy i don't know yeah
0: yeah and it seems i don't know it's it, it feels like it's really standing the test of time to how long has it been off the air now like six years oh something? yeah i don't know
1: when it ended yeah yeah probably about six years. and ago. then
0: it was it was on tv for, for like a long time seven years something like, something like yeah. that something like and um like, you watch an episode of Full House or something, mm-hmm. and it's like... I mean, it's it's nice, but it's so dated. Yes. Like, it's not yeah. relatable. It's not... I mean, it's yeah. very much like a 90s whatever. Totally. But, like, I go back and watch The Office now, and I'll, I feel just as connected to yes. it. I feel like the characters are just as relatable. Yeah.
1: And now I feel like you get... At least I do. I get the element of sentimentality of remembering the time in my life when I was watching it for the first time. Mhm. And it still holds up today. Yeah. But now there's this second level of like, oh, I remember my I remember my 21st birthday. I oh. went to Chili's right <laughs> by the campus at Northridge. Yeah. Totally. Cuz I lived across the street at the oh, corner uh, of Darby and Dearborn. Yeah. And I lived in that apartment complex and we would go to Chili's all the time cuz you could walk home and not yeah. have to worry about driving, you could have a couple drinks or whatever, totally. it was no big deal. And uh, my 21st birthday, my friends took me out. They got me uh, feeling pretty good. Nice. Uh, And then a buddy busts out a a bottle of my favorite vodka and says, hey, I got this for you for your birthday. Let's go drink it. Hell yeah. And we go to his apartment. He's a neighbor of mine in in that complex, in the Mm -hmm. same complex. And we sat and watched The Office. Mm. We watched like three or four episodes and Mm -hmm. just like binged it and drank this vodka and Mm -hmm. and it was a good hang. And it was like, I remember Mm -hmm. my 21st birthday. I remember this other time when I was watching this episode or whatever. So now there's this level Mm -hmm. of sentimentality and then it also just speaks to us now. Yeah. Still. it's cool. Uh, That's like, that's it. That's the highest, you know, that's one of the highest ways that you can, I think, uh, judge art is, is it going to hold up over generations? Is it going Mm. to be impactful to people? you mm-hmm. know, different
0: things like that. And that show is masterful for that reason. You know? Yes. hundred percent. It's cool. I, I can't think of another show that's on its level in that way. I
1: hate to say it because for years I said, this was my favorite show of all time mm-hmm. and I have a different love for it, but it's, I, I, the Office still holds up for me better than the show Lost did. Oh yeah, and I watched Lost at least three times, start to finish.
0: That's a lot of Lost. I'm, I'm once was enough I know. for me. <laughs> it's like a hundred. It's like hundred
1: and thirty hours of
0: Lost. Oh man, and, and I've done that three times. But like the show itself is so dense. Yeah. Like watching 100%. a lot, uh, watching a lot of The Office, but like watching a lot of Lost, it's yeah. like brain power.
1: Yes, and I I was so into that show. I watched it as it. Uh, aired each week Mm -hmm. because that was right at the start of streaming but we weren't quite there yet Mm -hmm. you know Um, and then I watched it maybe a few years later and then I watched it a few years after that Mm -hmm. like it took some time off in between but I loved that show and I still do but it's not I don't have those sentimental attachments to it in the same way Mm. Um, and it doesn't hold up in the same way Mm. I guess maybe because of the form of the show but Mm -hmm yeah interesting
0: yeah me and my dad watched lost via the netflix dvds yeah so they'd send like four at a time totally so we'd sit down netflix and binge DVDs, like yeah. the eight episodes on the four discs totally, or whatever totally. and then we'd be like ah like and that was the thing gotta wait like, a week for the discs. You, you were getting introduced to binging <laughs> yeah small binges yeah but now <laughs> yeah. it's like 48 hour. Well, and, and if you're a <laughs>
1: depressive artist type yeah. and you are down to sit on your couch for three days straight, you can, you can. When I worked on cruise ships, <laughs> we I worked three hours a day, six days a week when oh, I wow. worked on cruise ships yeah. and the rest of the time, 21 mm-hmm. hours a day, mm-hmm. I was off of work. Yeah. Right. And I would get, we would have pirated stuff oh, um, yeah. on the ships on hard drives and we'd pass it around, trade them mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. And we had these tv shows i got the first three seasons of game of thrones and i had not watched any of it at yeah. this point point. and it was like they were just they had just finished season three and i think they were shooting season four mm-hmm. and i got the first three seasons of game of thrones on a like a bootleg recording or whatever um on my hard drive and i sat in my cabin and mm-hmm. watched three seasons in like two days three days mm-hmm. Because I could, yeah, and because if you're at sea on a ship and mm. you're in a cabin with no windows mm-hmm. and you have nothing else to do, you know, I you know did a lot of that stuff, and and I'm a I'm the depressive type that will sit there for a long time. If I'm totally. if I'm experiencing depression, I will like mm.
0: I will dig in. Yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, so yeah. anything uh, to like get but, your mind off of totally the brain state. Yeah, absolutely. That's how it feels for me, man. Like I've been. I've been like pretty seriously depressed just a handful of times, maybe like four or five or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like my brain literally just goes to like 10% capacity, but yeah. then that 10% is like pain. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's so strange. And then after a couple months or how, or a couple weeks, like however long that one lasts, it's like, it's over. And then I, it's like, was that a dream? Like, yeah. was that just in my head? Did that actually happen? Yeah. And then it'll, like, happen again, and I'll see a therapist, and it's like, okay, no, yeah, this yeah. is like...
1: Well, it's good to see the therapist. That's, yeah. It that's will, how you make progress with that stuff.
0: It's weird, man. Like, it's weird. I go back and forth with therapists. Mm-hmm. I've seen maybe six different therapists Mm -hmm. in my time, all for varying lengths. Maybe Mm -hmm. one I just saw for a month. I think the longest I've ever seen a therapist was like seven months or something. Mm -hmm. And on the one hand, I feel like it's really helpful to talk about things Mm -hmm. and to like work through things and to have that other perspective. But on the other hand, I also kind of feel like at the end of the day, The only thing that makes me feel better is like getting my work done. Yeah, and that's like kind maybe I don't maybe a little bit controversial. I don't know Mm -hmm. because I feel like the general consensus is that we should we should feel comfortable with who we are and we should accept ourselves no matter what. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I think. My, at least my lived experience mm-hmm. is that i'm just most happy when i'm working through a goal yeah and getting and getting something that's done. good that you know
1: that about yourself though yeah and maybe no.
0: it's maybe it's one of the things where that like that's me it's, and that doesn't need to be yeah. everyone
1: yeah yeah we you i think you commented on my enneagram
0: thing did dude you, i love the enneagram did you did, have you talked about this yet not on the podcast. So, so what, we is, haven't even what brought is your it type? Up. Oh, okay. So, here's the thing is like, I hate, I hate saying my type because I feel so exposed. Cause That's, I like, that means it's your type. I know. I know. <laughs> and I this? like, uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna,
1: I'm gonna pry and ask. Uh, again.
0: I don't want to tell you. Um, so I'm a four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's why you like to get stuff done when you're depressed. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I, that makes sense to me, anyway. Like, totally, I'm no expert in any of this yeah. at all, but uh, and pretty new to it. But yeah. it definitely seems like that seems in line. You know, what totally. I mean? So I, when you were reluctant to tell me for a second, my first thought <laughs> was, well, you're you're into work, but I don't think you're a three,
0: totally, or yeah. a five,
1: totally, um, and I don't think you're an eight. No, and so I was like, "Well, you're probably a four. You're mm-hmm. also a, a musician, and an artist in various ways, lots, like that. Lots and lots, a a lots of fours there." Yeah, and I always felt like I didn't belong in the jazz scene or didn't belong mm. in the art scene in various ways. I love art. I mm. live and breathe art. Yeah, and have real deep thoughts about that stuff and and passions about that stuff. But the way that I function and live in the world is not the way that most fours or Mm -hmm. artists that I know um, that are fours or similar Mm -hmm. uh, or strong four um, live. And and my habits are not the same. Mm -hmm. And my view of things is not the same. And then when I got into the Enneagram stuff Mm. and realized that I'm a one, Mm. I was like, oh okay yeah you can be a one and be an artist you can be a totally. any number and be totally. an artist hundred percent but that I mean it didn't explain things to me as much as it just was so in line with my life experience but I had never put words to it hmm. that it was like it almost like gave me an opportunity to forgive myself for not being a four you know what I mean that's that's like, cool that's powerful it was it was cool yeah i I that's was hanging cool. with you know Shy Golan of course yeah yeah, so Shy played uh, I've never told this to Shy that like that he's my kind of go-to example in my brain of this. Mm. But Shy's got to be a 4. Mm. And uh, although you shouldn't type other people, but he's got to be a 4. Oh, I love it. It's like it's like it's <laughs> like
0: a pastime. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For sure.
1: But uh but Shy's got to be a 4. And Shy came up to Sacramento when I was living in the Sacramento area after Seasun mm. to play a show with me. Mm-hmm. He and Desmond Eng, if you know him. Yeah. Yeah. And they came up and they drove the eight hours to my parents' house mm. and where we were staying and the show was like the next day or something like that. It wasn't that night, mm-hmm. but they drove like eight hours. They get out of the car.
0: Mm-hmm. They're
1: like, oh man, stretching my legs. That was a long drive Blah blah on the five, you know how boring mm-hmm. it is and stuff going out yeah. there. Yeah. And they get out of the car, and Shai grabs his bags, and they go inside. I'm like, yeah, can I get you anything? Like, there's towels, there's sheets on the beds. Uh-huh. Like, we have, my parents' house is big, yeah. and they have, like, guest rooms, essentially, mm. that were used to be inhabited by family. Totally, and, yeah. And different things like that. And um, there's a big house in the middle of nowhere. And uh, and they, they arrive at the house, and they set their bags down, and Shai goes and plays my piano. Mm-hmm. and then he pulls out a saxophone mm-hmm. and then we've got a tin whistle on the counter and mm-hmm. he he's playing that and, and yeah. he's doing these different things and he's like immediately improvising and making mm. art and and things like that yeah and my experience has been that yes I want to make music all the time mm. all the time quote unquote but not sure. all the time yeah every for, day but not me, all the time for me i i I don't think I've ever experienced a time where I've walked into a room and been like, the first thing I want to do is put all, mm. all my stuff down and like improvise. Yeah. Like it's just not the way I see the world or mm. I still want to improvise and I still want to make music and I want to totally. create and different things like that. And the ways in which I do that are really in line with the one mm. I like rules and yeah. I like uh, order and I like, you know, things like that. Although I like rules but I, I like free improvisation as well hmm. uh, which I'm still wrapping my head around in the Enneagram kind of way but mm-hmm. but I, I definitely uh, still feel like I impose some structure on my free improvisations mm-hmm. in some way but uh, but I've never been the person to do that and I've been around musicians who always want to play their instruments.
0: Well Shai specifically is, <laughs> He's uh, an, extreme example. is, is an extreme example. But I remember
1: seeing him and being like I am not that. Totally, and that was kind of a profound moment for me, where mm-hmm. I was like, "I'm, I'm not, I'm yeah. not that." Yeah. And I appreciate that, and I want mm-hmm. to surround myself with people like that, and yeah. that's great. And and all these people that I know that are like that, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. But totally. If I had walked in here, I was happy to play your piano. And it sounds great. I had and, to talk you and into it. I enjoyed it. it, but you kind of talked me into it. Yeah. 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 I I walk into a room and I'm like, I'm gonna be in this space right now. Totally. I'm not like. I'm going to go make music. Mm. Like, for me, music making has its time and place and things yeah. like that. And so, me, it was cool because I, what I did is I went and kind of explored your piano a little bit. But I yeah. was at no point trying to, like, create a song mm. because that's just not... I I don't know. I wasn't in that headspace.
0: I wasn't, you know... You hadn't I yet been be, given yeah. the permission to do so.
1: Sure. Or, like, I wasn't... Uh, yeah. Or I I... Yeah, I I'm not ready to do that yet. Mm. You know what I mean. I yeah. I walk into a new space and I want to be in the space a little bit first and get comfortable with it before I'm gonna like yeah really do my best to create. I want to I want to I want it to be my best creation. Mm. That's the one right there. Is I want everything to be its best. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me, that's getting comfortable in the room or that's playing the piano for a few hours before I try and do anything creative with it or mm. just getting real used to it or. Yeah, different ways it kind of shows up, but I definitely like. I'm a perfectionist, and I I want things my way, and I want them. Mm. So like my favorite keyboard to play in the world is mine. Totally, because I'm used to it. Totally, and pedal board and everything. I don't have the best equipment always. You know, I just bought a nice keyboard, but you're Norded, or yeah, nice. Yeah, you know, I just bought a. I thought you had that for a while. I I I played on one, oh. but I I borrowed one for my tour.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay.
1: And that one wasn't the one I wanted. It wasn't mm-hmm. the 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 keybed was not the one I was looking for. I wanted the hammer action, mm-hmm. uh, and it was a sixty one key, not a seventy three, which I wanted. You wanted um, the bigger ones, like that. I'm specific about those things. I the want ham- it oh, a of course, way. it's your you know instrument. I mean? Yeah, of
0: course. So the hammer action is it heavier?
1: It's a little heavier, but it's not bad, man. It's like twenty five oh, cool. pounds.
0: I, I didn't and, even know that people talked like that. Yeah. So yeah. that's like a measurement for the action. Oh of no no no! no. Keyboard?
1: The, the keyboard weighs 25 pounds. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So but but hammer action keys uh-huh. do weigh more. Yeah
0: okay okay okay, okay. yeah. So yeah.
1: this keyboard weighs more than the equivalent keyboard that doesn't have the hammer action that has mm. the waterfall keys. Yeah. Which are Just even all the details. Super stuff, like, easy bores me immediately i know people no. that love to talk gear and yeah. i'm not one of those people but i did just buy this keyboard and go through the process of learning all these things mm-hmm. in order to make the right choice about this stuff in a totally. very one way of like me totally. spending hours at the computer going "Ooh, this is the one i want you know <laughs> um and i wound up actually on a recording session and with a singer who's really amazing that i started playing with in long beach um yeah i saw a post about graceland hedrick yeah she's yeah. really great and uh her band is a bunch of friends of mine. So it was Mm -hmm. kind of this like nice fit to get to play with them and then meet this new singer. And, and she has a keyboard Mm -hmm. and I go into the session and she, I I was like, I'll bring my pedal board and I'll just play your keyboard. Yeah. It was easier that way. And, and I sit down with this keyboard and I'm like, I'm going to buy this keyboard. Hell yeah. And I bought it that afternoon.
0: Hers or the the same? The uh, the same
1: one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I liked it so much. I was like, this is, this checks every box. It's 73 Mm -hmm. keys. It's, this, that, and the other. So, of course, I still went home and like, looked up every piece of information mm-hmm. about it. But it was everything that I knew I wanted in a, a new keyboard. Perfect. And it uh, felt really good. But I'm one of those people that if it if it's not perfect, uh, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel good to me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So the 61 key Nord, mm-hmm. that's basically the same thing, yeah. doesn't feel as good. I feel constricted in, mm-hmm. in my range, even though there's an octave button. Yeah. I feel constricted in my range uh doesn't have the right the hammer action, I feel constricted mm. in in the feel of the the board, things yeah. like that. And so I'm very much someone that if the if I'm not going to be able to make my best art, I don't want to make art in that moment. Mm. I want to get to a place where I can make art. Yeah. You know. So all these people that I knew for a long time that just were creating constantly on anything. Like I'm the anti Jacob Collier. I love Jacob Collier. I love Jacob Collier. You're his, he's, you're he's his antithesis. So, he's such a talent, from what I've heard from friends of mine that that play with him and things like that. Totally. That, that he's a super nice guy, and and just you know, and I love the energy that he brings to the music world. Yeah. In on so many levels, mm-hmm. but I cannot do mm. that. None of us can do that, but but yeah, I cannot do that in the sense that I I don't think at all alike with him i Mm -hmm. i I enjoy everything he makes Mm -hmm. but when i sit down to make music it's a totally different experience yeah because i don't think about playing all these different instruments and i don't think i'll write for these instruments i'll write Mm -hmm. for specific players most commonly totally because i want the best i want to write for that voice because Mm -hmm. i want it to be the best representation of this idea yeah right even if the player is not the best player quote unquote of like that instrument or whatever Mm -hmm. i want to write for them Mm -hmm. because i want it to i want it to fit them like a glove Mm -hmm. and that's that to me is the the taking it back to the enneagram stuff that to me when i read about ones i was Mm -hmm. like oh this is it yeah i thought i was a four and i was Mm -hmm. under i was i didn't i didn't i didn't think i was a four i i Knew I wasn't a four once I read about Enneagram stuff, but yeah. my whole life I had been thinking, why am I not this way? Yeah. And I didn't have words for it. And then when I read this thing that was basically a description of the inside of my brain my entire life, yeah. it was like, oh, okay, well, that's why, you know?
0: Yeah. The first time I like read a chapter, I like went through this book mm-hmm. and, um, I read a chapter about fours and I just like cried the whole time. Yeah. Yep. There is this one, there's this one phrase in the back of the chapter where it said like, um, next time your past is calling, like don't pick up the phone cause it has nothing new to say. And I just like bawled yeah. like in this, like, uh-huh. like this like soul piercing way. Yeah. Cool. Or it was like, Oh man. Yeah. This is this is so me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And yeah,
1: I the the one for me that like sticks out. Uh, there are have been emotional aspects of worrying about all this, but uh, the one that sticks out to me as the first kind of like oh my gosh was not really emotional, mm-hmm. but it was it was uh, about ones being angry in traffic. <laughs> I'm I'm very much someone that. I try my hardest, even the weirdos at the mall and things Mm -hmm. like that. I try to empathize with them and and see the things from their viewpoints and different things like that on a day to day basis. And I really, every day try to to be the best person I can and not be judgmental of other people and things like that. And, uh, and I'll get frustrated when driving Mm. and I've talked to my wife about this and my parents about this, whatever, whoever's in the car, When I get frustrated, and I'll be like, "Oh, come on! Like, don't change lanes right there, or don't cut this person off, or whatever." And I'll kind of say something. I'll I'll vocalize it in the car. I'll like not yell, but I'll like raise my voice a little bit and be like, "Come on! Like, why? Why are you doing this thing?" And then, when asked about my frustrations with that stuff, Mm -hmm. my answer has always been. Well, I just wish they wouldn't do that because it's unsafe and it gets it. It's unnecessary and you know yeah. this, that, and the other. It's things that are less than perfect yeah. about the driving, and uh, and my frustrations are not at that person. Hmm. They're a frustration that we're not as a society driving better. Oh, <laughs> essentially, wow. where I'm just like, come on, like you're just. Endangering people's lives, or you're yeah. just whatever. You're. I can't believe this person is texting while they're driving, and they yeah. this, that, or the other. Because now people are stuck behind them at the light, and they're not paying attention, or totally. oh, they cut someone off, or they almost hit a pedestrian, or whatever. Yeah. And it's much more about like I just want everyone to be safe, and mm. I want society to be better mm. and to function better. Yeah. And when people don't drive well, mm. that frustrates me. And so I'm reading about Enneagram stuff, and they're like, yeah, Type Ones will be like very you know, uh, calm and want to play by the rules and things like that. But at the same time, like they're bad on their bad side, they'll like yell at someone for changing lanes incorrectly. And I was totally. like, Totally. That's me. That's me. I, I do that yeah. all the time. In 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 this specific way of like mm-hmm. being frustrated about not not that I'm getting impacted by this. Mm-hmm. But rather that we as a whole mm. <laughs> should be driving better. Yeah. Things like that. And it's not something, you know, people's driving is not something I stay awake at night thinking about but sure it's not a you know a passion of mine to talk about this stuff but but it was very much a precise reading of my thoughts and and feelings about something um that i was like oh that's yeah that's Mm -hmm. the one and then i continued on from there and Mm. yeah it was interesting nice stuff
0: yeah yeah it's weird to be like to read something and To have it describe you. Yes. So clearly.
1: And you and then not other people. That's been the other Uh, part of it, where I've been like, I know that this thing describes me, and I also know that it does not describe these other people in my life. mm -hmm. Thus, I know that it is, that I am a part of this group of people. Totally. Because I know of exclusions to the rule. Yeah. Or exceptions to the rule, right? Yeah. And that, that to me, has been huge, where I'm like, Mm. oh, yeah, I guess you don't think this way
2: Mm.
1: even like with my wife who's a a six Mm -hmm. like i'm just like oh yeah i guess you don't see the world this way and Mm. she's like no i don't at all totally and it's like oh yeah okay well you know that is interesting Mm -hmm. and my mother's a six of course so we can get Mm -hmm. into the freudian of that but uh, but we won't (laughs) that's
0: so funny but yeah oh boy dating our moms of course that's, that's pretty fun. It's, uh, it is. How did you get turned on to the Enneagram? Uh, Ryan O'Neal. Oh, cool. That
1: stuff, the Enneagram songs that he wrote. Yeah. And the project he did with that.
0: Nice.
1: Uh, which I think I learned about through like Reddit or something. But oh, really? Oh, I cool. heard it somewhere on the internet. Yeah. Someone said, check out this thing, take this test and then listen to this album or whatever. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I did. One night Mm -hmm. we're bored. We're flipping through stuff. Totally. And we check this out. And then we go, oh, cool. I think I'm this type. Oh, I think I'm this type. Oh, cool. We didn't spend much time on it. Mm -hmm. Like 10 minutes. Yeah. Total. Totally. And we listened to parts of a few of the songs. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Yeah. And we went on our merry way. And then months and months later, I am looking for an episode of pete holmes's podcast to listen to love that guy and he has one with ryan o'neill but i don't know the name ryan o'neill because he goes by sleeping at last
0: oh i haven't i should listen to that podcast so he yeah it's it's excellent
1: nice and i'm like oh who should i listen to and there's I have a ton that I've already listened to and then other ones that I'm not familiar with the person he's interviewing, mm. which I don't have anything against, but I, I tend to gravitate towards the people I'm familiar with because sure. I have a little more backstory and everything.
2: Totally.
1: And, uh, I see this one and it's Ryan O'Neill sleeping at last. And I don't, don't remember this from the Enneagram thing that I saw before mm-hmm. the 10 minutes that we had spent months before, yeah. uh, sleeping at last musician, something else. Right. Yeah. And, I'm like, well, it's a musician. I've never heard of him, but really, I should step outside of my comfort zone and I should listen to something that someone I've never heard of at all. Yeah, and this guy's a musician. Maybe he'll have something of of value to say. Certainly, the other musicians I've heard on that podcast have had valuable things to say. Ben Gibbard has a has a really good one. Oh Um, wow, I didn't know he was on there. Yeah, uh, the Avett Brothers. The Avett Brothers have one. Um, There's some really good ones on there. Yeah, and of musicians, which. That's another part of my my oneness, not being a four. That mm-hmm. I kind of, I would rather listen to the comedians than the musicians usually. Mm. But the musicians I've heard on that podcast, in particular, mm-hmm. have had valuable things to say. Yeah. So I, uh, so I'm like, I'm going to turn this one on. And halfway through it, I'm like, okay, I cannot. I, I I want this podcast to go on forever, but I also mm. wanted to end right now so I can just dig into this guy's music and totally. read about this stuff. And I was like immediately clicked on with this, mm-hmm. you know, this interview and and it's a people Holmes podcast, so it's like a bazillion hours long. Yeah, uh, but I get to the end of it and then I immediately go into Ryan O'Neill has a podcast mm. where he describes. The choices he made in writing these Enneagram songs. Oh, wow. And how, and he talks about the different Enneagram types and explains them and has a guy who's written a book about it come on and explain Mm -hmm. the types. Mm -hmm. And then he debuts the song. This Mm -hmm. is each episode was put out as he debuted each song. Oh, oh, that's really cool. And so he talks about the type. Then he debuts the song. And then he does Mm -hmm. like a song exploder thing where he goes through Mm -hmm. and talks about the different instruments he used and the yeah. writing he used and <coughs> excuse me, and different things that, different choices he made along the way. Essentially. Yeah. All the musicians that play on each track are the types of the track. Really? Different things like that. Yeah. Wait,
0: so he had nine bands?
1: Nine bands. That's wild. Of different instrumentations. He had other people that were that type in his life send him audio recordings of sounds that he feels represent themselves, yeah, and and the funny part about this wow. too is is that he, the first one he does is one, and I'm a one, yeah. and uh, he goes in order, and he goes, yeah, I, I reached out to my friends and family that are type one, and I said, can you send me something that represents yourself, a sound that represents yourself, uh, and the first one that responded to me was my uncle Jeff or whatever, mm. and he sent me this sound, and then he plays the sound, and as he's setting this up, I'm thinking to myself. I think one sound would be something like a bell ringing or like uh, some sort of like really perfect ding, Mm. you know, something like that. Uh, And the guy sends a recording of like a meditation bell being struck. And I'm just like yep, that's the sound. <laughs> like That's, that's wild. It, it, it's just, it's so funny. And then, and then he goes, oh yeah. And so I, I took the sound and I sampled it and I put it yeah. on the keyboard and I, I made a keyboard out of it and it sounds like a Celeste and Whoa. I put it in the background of this song. And then this person sent me their kid laughing and I put that in the background when I said the word laugh. Or mm. and, and then he plays the song again at the end of the episode when mm. he's talked about it for like 40 minutes yeah. about how he constructed the song. And he plays it again at the end of the episode and you hear all this detail in the wow. song. And it's just it's just really great. And so wow. I I listened to the Pete Holmes one, and then I listened to every single Enneagram one in order. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to one and listened to one again. Yeah. And then I got into his other stuff and and really like went hard on on learning about this stuff, and reading about it and uh, things like that, just out of curiosity and totally yeah. It's a nice thing on my commute to work to, mm-hmm. to listen to the podcast and stuff. So, how long is your commute? Uh, Twenty minutes. Okay, so it's real cool. short. Cool. For Southern California, but, uh, totally. but then I, I'm, because I'm such a perfectionist, hmm. I show up to work every single day, like at least an hour early.
0: Oh, that's cool. I'm just
1: really into being on time. That's great. And, uh, which why, it was why I was freaking you out and texting you that I was going to be late. And I was like here at one Oh five or whatever.
0: Totally. Uh, that's I was like my coming time. out that's of the my shower. Time. Yeah. Like, Oh, he'll yeah. be
1: late. I was like, I'm not gonna make it by one. And then. I got into Pasadena at like 1245 yeah. and I was like, I'm going to be on time maybe or r- barely late. Yeah. Uh, which still irks me totally. Uh, if, if I'm not here by 1230 mm. and sitting in my car down the street mm. waiting to come in at one o'clock exactly. Oh wow. I'm yeah, that's my type. Yeah. So that's, and that's very one, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that anything less than that bothers me. So I, mm-hmm. when I go to work, I go and grab a coffee mm-hmm. and I, will sit and read things on my phone or I'll listen to music or I'll yeah. do whatever and, and kind of get in the right headspace for work too. Yeah. And then I'll go and work. Cool. Um, and so I listen to the podcast there as well, different mm-hmm. podcasts and different things like that.
0: Nice, man.
1: Talking about podcasts on a podcast.
0: Uh, <sighs> life imitates art. Maybe. Life imitates life. <laughs> 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 I don't know. That's wild. Well yeah, I'm I, I always I'm always stoked to hear about people checking out the Enneagram. I think it's uh yeah. I think it's really helpful. I don't uh, know, like I dig I dig a couple like personality type stuff. Like I mm-hmm. uh like the Myers briggs is cool yeah. and um but there's I don't know, there's something there's something special about the Enneagram. Yeah. I yeah.
1: I agree. I've done those other ones before and things like that. I mean I don't I don't I'm not a subscriber of like astrology or totally. things like that. And I, th- I feel like the Enneagram can be talked about in a way that sounds like that. 100%. On a base level. Yeah. But the way that it was described that I heard that I liked so much that kept me going with it mm-hmm. was this is a tool for empathy. Yes. And if you if you treat it like that, and that's all it is, and rules can be broken and people can be... I can be a one and act however I want Yes, and break rules when I want to and be imperfect when i want to Mm -hmm. and and be okay with that and stuff like that which is all in the enneagram stuff anyway yes um then it's just a awesome tool for empathy which we only need more of so yes yes
0: um yeah I, i i feel like it's like a it's like a personality disposition but it's not like it's not like you have to act in accordance mm-hmm. to your number all totally. the time.
1: But also I I can lean into it and feel I can see the positives of my personality type yeah. by reading about this stuff. Yeah. And lean into those positives as well. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that uh earlier today. I was I was doing something and I was thinking, you know, the one type is obsessed with things being better. Mm-hmm. Bettering things. Mm-hmm. I've always loved the idea of bettering myself in various ways. yeah. Even when I don't follow through with things, even while, when I make mistakes with things, different mm. things like that, I've always been really attracted to the idea of trying to constantly better myself yeah. in various ways. And I was thinking, that's why I want to be a producer, essentially. Mm. Not a not on a beat producer like is popular in popular music today, but just a producer. I want to have my hand on different recordings and mm. have my hand in different things like that in, yeah. in the making of music outside of just composition or just playing. Sure. Right. And it's because I want to take something that is existing and make it better. Mm. You know, I'll, I'll create it too sometimes, totally. but, but I want to make it better. That's, I mix my own cool. record and oh, I yeah. don't have a ton of experience in that stuff. Totally. But I sat in a room for a month, hours a day. Yeah. And mixed my record. Yeah and when i gave it to my mastering guy he said yeah it sounds like it was mixed well oh yeah and i said oh, okay okay cool. thanks yeah good i'm glad i survived my my big concern was that he was gonna be like this are you sure you want me to master this like because mm. he would tell me he's a good friend of mine totally and he would tell me like this mix sucks mm. then i was my backup plan was to have him mix it but yeah uh, sure but i wanted to impact it myself i wanted to yeah. make it the best i could myself yeah um and so if I can lean into those positives too, mm-hmm. you know, use that for good. Yeah. You know, and not try not to be caught up with it too much.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And like going back to like you observing all of these fours and feeling like alienated, not being a four, like you Both. can also be so encouraged that like you're such a positive addition to those people's lives, to I my, because, so. because yeah. you have all these strengths that like yeah. I don't have. Yeah.
1: That's that's a, that's a kind of self-love way to look at it that totally. I appreciate because I definitely need more of that. And, Hell yeah. And stuff. So to kind of, yeah, recognize my differences and stuff. Yeah. That's cool. And then, you know, fours are fours for a reason too. Mm. So on the other side of it, like there's a reason so many great musicians and artists and things like yeah. that are fours. Yeah. Because you're built to be, and it's great. Mm. And, and that's a good thing too. So I think it's a really cool way to, kind of see other people's perspectives mm-hmm. i would love to like pull all my musician friends mm-hmm. and have them i don't think they would all look into it sure. you know what i mean but sure. but it would be really interesting if every musician i knew looked really looked into the enneagram stuff and typed themselves mm. and then we talked about it yeah because it would be i think fascinating yeah i think you would see a lot of connection between mm-hmm. things you know yeah. people's art and their type Yes. different things like that or their yes. way of doing things you know? yeah it's interesting that's why i stopped playing casuals i'm not what a do four. You mean? i don't play like bar gigs anymore I, I sell hats instead because i would rather sell hats than play someone's wedding
0: but why can't you do both I, like if well, like with I mean, buddy I, I, pick oh, and choose. Okay, okay. I pick and choose okay okay but okay, okay. but there was a that time makes in, that makes much more sense there was a
1: time in my life where i was trying to be a freelancer totally to make Bread for rent. Yeah, that stuff. And some people do it, and they do the crap out of it, and it's awesome. I watched a YouTube video this morning, Mm. and Austin Drake was on it. (laughs) (laughs) Plain. Yes. (laughs) I kid you not. I kid you not. I kid you not. You know how much respect I have for that guy? That's so funny. Because that guy, the guy does it. Yeah, he and hustles. he's a good musician and he and he hustles and things like that and i i mean we know so many people like that. Yeah, totally. we, you mentioned Adam Hirsch earlier totally. and that guy has so many gigs and oh, yeah. does so many different cool things and if you asked me to do the exact same gigs that he does mm. i would be miserable yeah and ideally he's happy i hope he is mm. um and i realized that mm. a year or two ago maybe 3 yeah. years ago and i stopped taking gigs mm. i don't i don't play like standards anymore really yeah i will i love them sure but uh i realized that playing those gigs just like Mm. messed with my psyche kind of yeah and that wasn't the way i wanted to make music we talked about me coming in here and all the rest like yeah same kind of thing you know if i walk into a room sit down at the piano and i'm supposed to create Mm. right away i don't feel good Mm. and my music making is best done in my living room you know what I mean Uh, and recorded and then I'll write a bunch of music that's really detailed and we'll have places for improvisation we'll have places for different things like that maybe totally but I'm exerting a lot of control over the 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 creation process uh, and picking my moments for improvisation and and different you know live creation essentially Uh, beyond that and then we're rehearsing it Mm. and then we're going out and presenting it yeah on tours, I love totally. touring. I love stuff like that. But I love touring music that is very well rehearsed and totally. very ready. Yeah. Um, and anything less than that, jam sessions are the worst.
0: It is pretty stressful. Jam
1: sessions, it yeah, and and regardless of the social elements of that stuff, sure. which can also be super stressful. Yeah. And I think most people would say that about a jam session about the stressful elements of jam sessions being mostly social. Yes. To me, musically. The fact that we're not creating the best possible music we can in that Mm. moment because we're just jamming bothers me. Mm. And everyone will say, oh, but I go up there and I try and make the best possible music I can. I agree that you're trying to do that. Mm. But the best possible music in that moment would be something that the room is better or the instruments are better or whatever. And we can work with what we got, but at a certain point, Mm. I just don't feel good making... I don't want to say imperfect music, but mm. you know, making music that we're not at our best,
0: missed opportunities. Yeah,
1: I, I don't drink when I play at all. Same. I, I won't actually. touch. I love whiskey and I love that stuff, yeah. and I'll smoke weed occasionally and stuff sure, like that. Totally. But, but I don't. I don't mix it at all mm. because I feel so not comfortable mm-hmm. doing that. And yeah. it's not that I can't play the mode or whatever you know, sure. you know <laughs> play the nerdy jazz stuff but uh but instead it's much more about my control over yeah. making music and that's how much i care about the art but mm. it, it shows itself in a very different way than i think a lot of fours experience things mm. where i think we all have the same intentions we mm. just have different personalities around it oh yeah so
0: Different perspectives. And
1: and and reading something that validates my, my beliefs about all that mm, was huge. Yeah. Because I felt, I don't know a lot of other people that feel the same way I do. Mm. Or I know people that say they feel the same way in conversation. Mm. And I, I don't judge them for this. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that they're trying to commiserate with me or whatever. But if I bring this up to a four that gigs all the time,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. they'll go, oh yeah, you know, I feel the same way. And I'm like, yeah, but you play at a bar seven nights a week and Mm -hmm. you play at a church on Sunday and you play at a dance class on Wednesdays and you play this, that, and the other, and you're constantly going against that. So you obviously couldn't feel that way on such a deep level that I do. Sure. Where I'm like, excuse me, where, I mean, I can't sleep at night. If, mm. if I play a jam session and I go home afterwards, I'll be up till four in the morning cause I f- don't feel good about what we just did.
0: Is it like anxiety or uh, is it like,
1: it's much more just, I, it's anxiety or it's, I feel like what am I doing? Like I mm. could have spent that time creating something that I care more about mm. or I am more invested in or yeah. something that was better or, you know, mm-hmm. however you want to put it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting
0: yeah there 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 are lots of reasons not to go to jam sessions yeah but um i played
1: one in august as a house band yeah in long beach uh, Uh the monthly one there and the band is great cool and the guys are cool Mm -hmm. and i still left that going i shouldn't be doing this
0: Mm.
1: it was kirsch on bass jacob went on drums Mm. um this guy june on trumpet Mm -hmm. and i don't remember who else was on craig Kamel. Great Mm. players, great people. Yeah, Everything about that was nice, Mm. about who they are and getting to spend time with them. I want to commune with them. Totally. But in the moment, musically, I didn't feel good. Mm. And then we wound up, the last thing we played that night was a tune I didn't know, and Mm. I read off a chart, Mm. and I didn't like know at all. Mm. And uh, I was just like, I'm, I'm like, it would be better if there was no keys on this at all.
2: Hmm.
1: And if I just laid out the entire time, and they're like, Yeah, play,
2: hmm.
1: and I'm like, it would honestly be better if there was just like a cordless version of this right now,, mm-hmm. but you want me to play because I'm here,
0: well, you know? you're so focused on the the thing, yeah, and like a lot of other people have more room for the relational aspects of yeah. like, playing together yeah. and, and I, and I, other yeah. people are more comfortable with the thing, like being less quality and, and then having yeah. an experience. Yeah.
1: And this is, I mean, I'm sure there's a level of this that I'm going to BS based on my ego, but mm-hmm. I think I'm willing to fail publicly. Mm-hmm. It's not that that bothers me so much. Mm-hmm. It's much more a principle thing. Yeah, it's much more about the 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 moral choice of like the choice mm-hmm. to make imperfect music or the choice to make music that is yeah i don't know imperfect's a bad word for that i don't like that mm-hmm. but because imperfect can be the best music ever but totally i mean it is <laughs> yeah. right a perfect music is not the best music yeah. but uh yeah it's something that feels like a moral choice hmm. that I disagree with. I have a moral objection to playing that music in in a way, or in an environment, or in a setting yeah. that is unprepared and and is not going to be my best.
0: You got standards, man. It's I
1: don't have standards.
0: What do you mean? I don't play standards. Oh shit, that's a okay. standards. Ball. Okay, okay,
1: uh, okay. <laughs>
0: take it easy.
1: But uh, yeah, no, uh, I mean that's it. That's it. Yeah. So once I realized all that stuff and realized I don't fit into what I was told I was supposed to be as a jazz musician, Mm. you know? Uh, Yeah. It's funny that I'm going to bring this up because it's something that I, it's a phrase that I really value. And I have said to students Mm -hmm. and, uh, and things like that over the years. And I still think of, and Mm -hmm. from a teacher that I love more than any teacher ever. Mm. uh, But I remember in combo class one night, Gary Pratt saying, Mm -hmm. if you want to be a jazz musician, you should live your life like a jazz musician. Mm. And what I mean by that is you should be playing all the time. You should be jamming all the time. You should Mm -hmm. be doing these things. In that moment in school, it was the best thing I could have heard. Totally. And for most people, it's a great thing all the time. Mm. And maybe I should play more and maybe I should jam more. And maybe I should break out of my personality type with that Mm. stuff. But I am of the belief that I'm just going to have a different musical outcome and it's going to be based on my personality. Mm -hmm. And for me now, I don't want to live that life of a jazz musician. Mm. The music that I make, shows up on spotify as jazz (laughs) but like i don't go to jam sessions i don't listen to i don't listen to like old recordings of charlie parker that often and you know out of school and stuff like that the stuff on my spotify is like uh what's that band called king princess and like Uh, stuff like that like indie rock and like and like 90s hip-hop and yeah things like that and i listen to Older stuff too, sometimes jazz stuff and, mm-hmm. and things like that as well. And I certainly appreciate it and modern jazz stuff and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But I do not live the life of a jazz musician as I was told to at mm. the, in that moment yeah. in 2010 or whatever it was. Yeah. Right. But in that moment, it was great advice. But the minute I realized that it was okay that I don't live that life anymore, mm-hmm. It was huge for me. Yeah. You know, it was it was like permission to be myself. Totally, and that was huge. Yeah, yeah. so I search that. I search for that stuff. I seek that stuff out, mm. and uh, you know, validation of myself and my beliefs.
0: Yeah, man, it's yeah. it's important. Yeah,
1: the they say the one type their biggest fear is being told that they're that they're wrong or they're not good. Mm. Like they're not a morally good person or that they're mm. wrong about something. And it's true. That's true. That's, that's me. Yeah. All I want to be told is that I'm right and I'm good.
0: Wow. That's, that's, I, I, I broke up with a one once. Mm-hmm. And all, everything that you're saying. All she wants to be told is fuck. that she's right and she's good. Yeah. Maybe I, just, I mean, I, it's possible oh, I yeah. didn't conduct myself very well. I mean, we make mistakes. I just, I was like, I was, well, just you're being trying and she's trying probably. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what happens. Have you seen
1: Marriage Story? I don't know what that it's is. It's a new movie that's out on Netflix. Oh, wow talking about art that will move you uh-huh. it is a brilliant movie wow it's a brilliant movie what's it about it is about a marriage being dissolved oh wow and it's about art and it's about a million other things all at once because mm-hmm. it's really well written and it's really well acted and directed it's so, straight to netflix movie? noah baumbach yeah noah Bombach uh he, I think he wrote The Life Aquatic mm. with Steve Zissou, mm-hmm. and some other stuff, and uh, or had a hand in writing the screenplay for it or something. Mm. Uh, but he wrote this film and he directed it, mm-hmm. and it's Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, mm. and they're they have a kid, and they're getting divorced, mm. and he's a theater director in New York City, mm-hmm. a successful one, avant-garde theater, and she acts in his. Works, but she had done some television and movies and things like that in LA before. Mm. And she wants to go back to LA and he wants to stay in New York. Mm. And they get divorced basically over this disagreement about art and their yeah. and different things like that. And, uh, and then she moves to LA essentially and is making money mm. uh, acting in, in a TV show. Mm-hmm. And he's in New York saying, well, but I'm making important art and you're mm-hmm. making money Whoa. and stuff like that, basically. And then he gets a MacArthur grant. So now he's mm-hmm. making money too. And, and they have a kid together. I'm not spoiling so... anything really you know, deep there because the whole point of this movie is to experience it. Yeah, totally. You know, it's not about the plot points, mm. really. Yeah. They get divorced. That's yeah. That's apparent in the first five minutes. Sure, and the other stuff comes quickly after that. Mm. But yeah, and they have a kid who's kind of in between. Mm. It's all about the emotions of this breakup and things like that. And they're both trying, and they're yes. both at fault about stuff in a big way. Yeah. and they both have moments where they just totally make a fool of themselves, and mm. and it's real, and it's and it's really cool. But the whole way it's shot makes it feel like it's a stage production, mm. but not not. Fully, it's mm-hmm. definitely a film, and it's shot in LA and New York and stuff mm-hmm. like that, on streets and on in buildings and stuff like that. Mm. But just the way that they made these choices about how to shoot it, mm-hmm. it feels like you're watching something performed on stage. Wow! And it's just really, it's masterful. I watched it last Marriage night, so story. it's fresh on the brain. Damn! But it it moves you. And so when you mentioned your breakup, I was just like. I've seen one of those recently. Wow. About, about uh, 15 hours ago. Yeah. Sitting on my couch. And, and my wife and I are watching this. And uh, the whole movie, the only thing that we said to each other was just like, wow, this is amazing. Whoa. This is great. Yeah. This is a really great film. Mm. Things like that. It's just, yeah. It's really, good. you got to check it out. I'm going Horror to. Story. Have you seen Midsummer? That's the yeah. other. Those are the two best films I think I've Whoa. seen this year.
0: Yeah. And they're both on Netflix?
1: Uh, Midsummer's not; it's okay. for rental
0: on iTunes. Mm-hmm. But
1: I don't know why that popped up. But that's another good movie.
0: But. Midsummer, Midsummer, and Marriage Story. That's say. wild. Yeah. The last like movie that blew my mind that mm-hmm. I saw was this movie called I think it's called The Writer. The Writer. Okay. And it's a movie about a um, what do you call him? Like not a not a cowboy, but like a rodeo. Someone who rides gotcha. like, yeah. Oh, the writer, bucking. not the writer. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Someone who rides like bucking Broncos and yeah. stuff, like in crazy at, at the rodeo. Yeah. And he, um, the opening shot is he, you know, like these stitches down his scalp and he's coming back from an injury uh-huh. and he's like grappling his older brother is in an assisted living home because of his injuries with the rodeo. Gotcha. And then he has a very complicated relationship with his dad. And then his, um, his sister is like on the autism spectrum or some, something along yeah. those lines. Yeah. And it's the story of him and his relationships with his family and trying to heal up and come back into the rodeo scene. Gotcha. And cause you know, it's, Yeah, dangerous and he just had this injury or whatever but i was told at the end of the movie that everyone in that movie was their own character in real life so like the main actor actually had that injury and is actually a rodeo rider person wow and like and his his dad in the movie is his dad in real life, and his sister is his sister, and his brother, who's wow. in the special needs is actually his brother in real life and the wow. neighbors that they talk to and the friends that they hang out with are all the real people in this town oh, that's cool, and they're all i mean it's scripted like they're all they're all acting as themselves, yeah and um. It fucking blew my mind.
1: Did you know about this before you watched it at all? No. Or a- you found it afterwards? My
0: buddy was like, cool. my buddy had a party for it. He invited like six yeah. people over. He was like, I got the craziest movie. That's You're cool. not going to believe I it. I love stuff like that. Come watch yes. it. Yeah. So then we sit down and watch it. And then as the credits are rolling, he lets us know, like, by That's the way. wonderful. And then we all like got on YouTube and was watching like interviews of the actors yeah. and stuff. And it's like, oh, this is like... wow. That's what that situation is. But it's
1: shot as a dramatic film, not a it's documentary. It's shot
0: as a dramatic yeah. film, and it's scripted. Wow. And you, like, I didn't know that part of it, and yeah. I was really happy with it as just a fictional movie. That's awesome. Movie. That's so cool.
1: What a cool way to do it, too, to invite a bunch of people over and have a party about yeah. it. Yeah. I love stuff like that. It was nuts. I got really into that when I was in Reno. Yeah. I would like uh, we had the Groundhog Day film festival every year. Oh wow. And we it was a thing my friend and I started and we oh, would, cool. we would watch the movie Groundhog Day over the days that it took place. So you would Wait. on it starts on February 1st.
0: The Groundhog Day of the movie. Yes. I know the premise, but I've never actually seen it.
1: Okay, so Groundhog Day. It's the
0: same day every... Like he's in this Over loop. and over again.
1: He's in this time loop. Okay, where every yeah, yeah. Mo- He goes to bed at night on February 2nd, and he wakes up in the morning on February 2nd. Yeah, And yeah, yeah. The exact same things happen yeah. every day, stuff like that. But the movie starts on February 1st,
0: uh-huh.
1: and then February 2nd is the majority of the movie where time is looping, uh-huh. and then it ends when he wakes up on February 3rd. Uh-huh. And we thought we should watch this movie and we should watch the first five minutes of it on February 1st and then watch the majority of the film on February 2nd uh-huh. and then watch the last little five minutes on February 3rd. Wow. That's cool. And we would get a bunch of people together yeah. and we would have like an opening ceremony for the festival. <laughs> and so it, I love I, anything that brings people together around art, silly yeah. or not, yeah. that is an experience. yeah, Cause that's more of an experience to watch totally. it with other people and have everyone 100%. be like, oh, Oh my gosh. And yeah. Googling on their phones and stuff, you know, like you said, and yeah. I, I just love it. I love that stuff. That Hell tickles yeah. me. That's awesome. I got to check out that movie now.
0: So what's the next, what's the next party? We're going to throw a I film gotta figure festival something out. in Long Beach.
1: We, the other one we did was shrimp's giving, which the, the Sunday Whoa. before Thanksgiving every uh-huh. year, we would just cook like 10 pounds of shrimp <laughs> and have like <laughs> dozens of people over and just that. have a big like shrimp, 10 different ways. Whoa. And like, I mean, I, and people would like, uh, people would bring beers and they would like, this guy would design these, uh, what are they called? Like the labels for the mm-hmm. beer cans. Yeah. And he would tape them on that were like, <laughs> it's shrimp beer. Yeah. And stuff like that. It was just normal beer. So fun. But we'd do all these and we'd have a shrimp chips and we'd have, <laughs> everything was shrimp related and like. like a, big, a, any, big, a big roasted shrimp it's just like stuffing. And all it is is like social events.
0: Totally. Yeah.
1: But as art. Mm. in a in a way, yeah, and uh yeah, we would do this and and i I'm missing that right now because i uh mm. having moved to Long Beach and stuff, I haven't really developed any of that here, yeah, but it was definitely a cool thing in Reno mm. that would would be done so Hell yeah, yeah, I like this, dude, it's really cool. I love the idea so now you telling me about that, my mm-hmm. first thought was like I should get a bunch of people together. We should watch this movie. Now totally. I, I know about I'd it. I'd love to come over and, and I'm cool bang. to know about the fact that it's the same people in the film. Totally, yeah. You know? but, but the, for the fun for me would be showing yeah. it to everyone else. Exactly. You should yeah. totally do it. Yeah, I will. Let, Let me know. Mean, I, I will. Like, Hell yeah. That's going to happen. Let me know. Those things happen in my life. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That's cool.
0: Killer. Yeah, man. Dude, we should probably wrap up. Cool. It's been a little bit, and I really want you to play piano on my song today.
1: Okay. I brought oh. a viola too. I didn't know
0: if you wanted me to. You play viola?
1: A little bit of viola. Yeah. What the I, fuck? I started when I was like, uh, I started on violin when I was like four or five.
0: Do you read? What is it? Alto clef. Alto clef. Do you read alto clef? Yeah. Whoa.
1: Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> I mean, I I, I played like uh, maybe five gigs while I was at CSUN
0: you, on viola. You just blew my mind.
1: And that's about it.
0: What but gigs were you playing? Like? I
1: played a new jazz concert. Oh wow! On electric violin and keyboard and sampling. What? Yeah, we did uh, the Rite of Spring. We like, hell it yeah! And did that. And then I did uh, like my friend Max had a senior recital for like uh, he did the film scoring program or whatever it was. Wow. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, he had to like have an orchestra for his thing. And mm. He had me play viola because there were not a lot of violists. it's like the that? Hell? So I did that. But viola player, yeah, viola. You play guitar too? Uh not much, man. Mm. I can strum like six chords. That's the whole bad. like fretless thing, man, it's so rough. Which is funny because that's the thing that hasn't gone away. With like, I I have mm. not played this viola. Mm. I haven't played a viola in literally five years but i can but i can pick it up and play scales and stuff like that because the the muscle memory is there whoa but i sound like garbage compared to how i did five years ago or or 10 years ago or whatever but but uh that stuff hasn't gone away but i don't know how people do guitar i've tried 10 times in my life to like sit down and like learn some stuff
0: your problem with the guitar is that you're a piano player yeah so you understand but i wasn't
1: until College, really. Oh, really? So, yeah, I, I didn't. I was a violist until college. Oh, I didn't know Yeah. That. So, I basically started piano at like 18. Yeah. What the? So, 17. Dude, that's so. wild. So, but yeah, guitar. Hell yeah. I, I just can't, man. I need to learn how yeah. to play bass because I'm realizing like people want a bass player, keyboard player in their like indie oh, outfits and stuff like that. Interesting. Like, Andrew Bird has like alan Hampton, but yeah. when alan Hampton plays guitar his keyboard player plays play, bass
0: oh things like that i'll teach you bass i need to learn basis you can you can get it bass is easy it's right? basically just four <laughs> pianos four pianos four pianos a fourth apart
1: i, I can't i struggle with one <laughs> so <laughs> that's a topic for another day actually the whole i'm not a piano player thing uh, i'm
0: serious oh, oh i thought you're joking no um. Uh, yeah, can I have you, thoughts about that. Can you but. give me the sparks note?
1: Yeah, uh, just that I think I'm a musician and I I, sure. I, I don't have yeah. any identity wrapped up in the piano.
0: But you have investment. Sure. Yeah. Like I have a skill set more than most. You've spent an incredible amount of time yeah. with the piano. Yes,
1: but I also have with viola and singing totally. and different things like that. Well, I and think
0: that I I think that that's a place that every musician hopefully gets to
1: and and then the other part of it is that if i think that i'm a piano player then mm-hmm. i compare myself to bill evans and oh the, dude that guys yeah, like that, that, and, that if, and if is, i say that and if i say wild. i'm a musician then i feel i sit down on the piano and i feel free hell yeah and i feel like i can play whatever because it doesn't really matter because i'm not a piano player totally you know
0: if i can approach
1: that dude yeah so that was that's what that is but the
0: story of a one figuring it out I'm figuring, figuring out it out to,
1: it's been a process man how to be and i'm still man. working on it every day but yeah. it sounds
0: like you're figuring it out that's yeah. like some radical yeah stuff i
1: was i was in a i was practicing and i was having a horrible time i played for like three hours and i was having i was miserable yeah and it wasn't coming together and i felt constrained by myself yeah yeah, and I I got up and I was like, I'm gonna stretch some stretch my legs. Mm-hmm. There was a drum set in the office that I was practicing in, Hell up yeah. In Reno. And uh, I had some drumsticks with me, and I I sat down and I blasted some Coltrane and I played some like Tony Williams shit on drums. Like, I mean, not Tony you Williams, can show, play like, no, that? no. I just like Fuck. I played along with Tony Williams, like trying to play what totally, he was, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, I I'm horrible at drums, sure, but but I was just like going at it, and yeah. I was just going for it because I suck anyway, totally. Yeah. So why not?
0: Yeah,
1: and I felt. Awesome. And I was making oh, yeah. music and kind of against the one stuff of perfection. I yeah. was just like, fuck yeah. Totally. I'm freeing myself from the expectation of oh, yeah. my identity being that I'm a drummer. Yeah. I'm not. Totally. So I can suck. Mm. Kind of getting back to the one stuff. Yeah. And then I went, Oh my God, why was that so fun? And piano was not fun. Mm. And I was like, Well, I sit down, I'm a piano player. Mm. I sit down at the drums, I'm I'm a not a drummer. (laughs) Mm. So I can play whatever and I can make mistakes and it's okay and this, that, and the other. And so I said, I'm gonna sit down at the piano and pretend that I'm like a saxophonist Mm. who sucks at piano Mm -hmm. and just play whatever comes to my brain. Yeah. And I had a rehearsal Mm -hmm. with a friend of mine, a friend of mine that I knew I could experiment in this rehearsal a little bit. Yeah. uh, Playing some of his music and I said, hey man, if it's cool with you, I'm gonna kind of experiment in this rehearsal. Yeah. I, in my opinion, I sounded great.
0: Hell yeah!
1: I had a great time. Mm-hmm. I felt free. Perfect. And so that's where the not being a piano player thing comes in. I get you. Yeah. So
0: I vibe with that. That's yeah. I'll refrain from calling you a piano player. No, you can future. call me whatever. <laughs> that's fine. But <laughs> I just
1: I I really don't see myself that way. Yeah. I truly don't
0: yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah. So wrapping it up, um, thinking about the future. The uh, this was
1: going to happen the whole time. It just happened i
0: thought you were gonna like start playing flip cup for a second i was all every time it was like, unintentional and it,
1: and every time i thought to myself <laughs> don't do that again and now i knocked it over
0: that's so funny there we go. um i think the last thing that i've heard from you is that you played a trio you posted on instagram you like played a trio with shy and a drummer somewhere yeah shoe, yeah, yeah with, is, but then you're all just from this podcast you're talking about producing yeah like you go you going forward with music what mm-hmm. what what kind of situations would you like to find yourself in
1: i am gonna write more quote-unquote jazz stuff because cool. it's in me Great. and more stuff with my quintet mm-hmm. i'd like to do a shoe record at some point hell yeah uh, i'd like to put out a bunch of recordings in 2020 Cool. That I have not recorded yet. Great. So my, my goal for that is I'm going to give myself the first four months of the year mm-hmm. to record, and then I'd like to start putting stuff out in May. Nice. Um, and going from there. Um, but I have for years wanted to do more whatever you want to call it, singer, songwriter, indie rock, whatever. That stuff I played in the Tragic Thrills for a while, this mm. rock band, and and had a really good time with that stuff. Uh, and when it comes to sitting down and writing lyrics, mm. I just, I because I'm such a perfectionist, I will literally sit down. I've, I've done this. I've sat down for eight hours and I've said, what am I going to do? What am I going to write? And I've literally written zero. I've sat down for eight hours and had zero music and zero text and zero anything because I'm so I you, in yeah, my yeah. head with this stuff. I hear you. Um, and I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it and I don't know mm. when and I don't know how and I'm not pressuring myself for that stuff, mm-hmm. but it's going to happen. Like it's going to happen in 2020. Hell yeah. For sure. It's going to happen in the next 13 months, essentially. you going to sing? Uh, I'd like to. Hell yeah. yeah. So I want to hear that stuff. Um, I, you know, I, I do too, mm. <laughs> but I, but I need to write it first and mm. I need to figure that out. So I'm, I'm working on it and uh, it's part of it's uh, working on me mm. and part of it's working on music.
0: Dude, so true. Yeah. So true. I find with my lyric writing, some days it comes quicker than others. But a lot of the times, like if I write a verse that has four lines, Mm -hmm. two of the lines will come pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And then one of the lines, I'll write it down, erase it, rewrite it, erase it, rewrite it. And the third one's pretty good. Yeah. So... I don't know if you yeah. can, if you can figure out how to, the same thing, like allowing yourself to suck, like the totally. first draft can suck totally. and yeah. you can rewrite it. I have written poetry
1: mm-hmm. for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. It's just a brain trip. dude. None you of can it do public. It, huh? Wow. And I, yeah, I've literally never written a verse of music mm. of lyrics. Yeah. And I've not been able to get my poetry into a song that i that's a whole different thing to
0: me i really struggle with that yeah yeah I like and my poetry is a
1: lot of free verse stuff mm. i like the more avant-garde stuff yeah. so cool yeah so i mean like clicks and it sounds and and, and and just and just really going loose with forms and and yeah. different things like that and, and and experimenting with literally the writing of it and mm-hmm. things like that but then that doesn't i i have not been able to translate that into any music either
0: so for me, yeah, those those really are two different languages. Yeah, so so you yeah. can
1: imagine my my uh, appreciation and respect for your three hundred and sixty five songs in, in a year. I appreciate that, man, it's because been, you're it's doing three hundred and sixty five times something that I have failed for twenty years <laughs> to do once. So no one appreciates it more than I do.
0: Oh, well, that's that's <laughs> what you, were saying. I'm stuck to uh, yeah. stuck to have you documented in the project. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Hell yeah. Dude, this has been, like, I was anticipating having a lot of fun in this conversation. It's maybe been four times as fun as I was anticipating. Four times, so, that's good. I like, like that. Thank yeah, you so much awesome, for man. coming yeah. out. Thank so the me. the final thing that we'll do real quick uh-huh. is, so this podcast is called Will You Be My Friend? Uh-huh. And it kind of goes back to, like, you know, when you're in early elementary school yeah. And you're, like, you know, you're just trying to meet some friends. You, like, sometimes literally ask people, like, will you be my friend? Yeah. And me now being in my late 20s, like, I feel like I'm still kind of doing yes. that thing where I'll meet people around town or at a show or something. And, like, sometimes I just want to be, like, dude, would, would, you, would, yeah. would you be my friend? Is that cool? You yeah. like, so, anyway, so to hearken back to, like... Elementary school times when we would like pass notes. I've written you a note Gotcha Yeah, so I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pass this note to you perfect as if we were in class or something and uh, Feel free to feel have free you got have you gotten any to, other? Uh... <laughs> That's perfect <laughs>
1: Uh, we touched on both of these here, (laughs) piano and puns. Um, and alliteration. Have you gotten any responses other than yes on this podcast?
0: I have not yet gotten a no and I'm kind of looking forward to the day. Oh no. Oh no. (laughs) I'm, I'm legitimately nervous. (laughs) Okay. I was about to cry. I was about to cry a whole lot. Why would I say no? (laughs) Dude, much love for you. Likewise. Hell yeah. Let's play some music. Sounds good. Oh, yeah.